Broadcasting from the Socialist Republic of New York. New York. There's plenty of money in this country. It's just in the wrong hands. The Moss Show. Politics, current events, and just a bit of Judaism. Two guys that are always right. Except when their wives tell them they're wrong. You're listening to The Moss Show. Welcome to The Moss Show, everybody. Last we signed off, I was heading out to the great state of Michigan to stop the steal. I'm actually here now. I'm going to be coming back to New York later today. Uh, Chesky, how's your week been? Thank God. Thank God. Just been crazy. I mean, like, this is just unprecedented non like nuttiness. Yeah, it's, it's, it's what's going on now. What's going on now is, is very unprecedented to the extent where the statistics that are showing that uh, there was a, the, the latest YouGov economist poll shows that 86% of Trump voters say that Biden did not legitimately win the election. And 73% of Trump voters say that we will never actually know the real outcome. And if you, and if you dig deeper, into the numbers, um, 88% of voters believe that illegal immigrants voted fraudulently. And we'll talk about that in 2016 and again in 2020. Um, 90% believe that mail-in ballots were used to manipulate uh, for the favor of Joe Biden. Um, Not only that, but Republicans are also, and by the way, it switches to Republicans. So I wonder if that means Trump and never Trumpers. Um, that the attitudes against about the franchise of voting itself, um, 46% say some people are not smart enough to vote, um, which is 27 amongst Dems, or 43 saying that um, that there should be a test before. I mean, I personally disagree with both of those. So I don't I don't know which Republicans they, you know, maybe Beltway Republicans. They, they, they switch from Trump supporters to Republicans. So I'm curious if there's a reason why. Um, you go tends to lean left. Actually- a difference to make a difference. Yeah, because I think if you go and you poll people like Karl Rove, they're going to tell you that voters are too stupid. If you go and you and you and you and you ask truck drivers and farmers in the middle of, let's say, Minnesota, I don't think they have that attitude towards other voters. I just don't think that the attitude's the same. I think the Bush, Romney, McCain Republican think that regular Republicans like me, you, and, and other people are too stupid to know any better, which is why they all became never Trumpers. These are the same people that were against Reagan, by the way. This idea that they're all, oh, this is a new thing. These same imbeciles were all against Reagan. They then co-opted Reagan to, to win for 20 years. No. Um, These are the same people who just can't stand the base and have- Yeah, and they couldn't stand, hold on. The Bushes ran against Reagan. Bush, Romney, yeah. McCain, these people were all against Reagan. And they all go and they dig back a picture. They go find one picture. McCain seems to, all his years in the Senate had like one or two pictures with, with Reagan. Like that was it. It was because he wasn't considered a Reagan person. None of these people were. And and they co-opted Reagan. And I think finally it took about 30, 30 years for, you know, the Republican base to go, wait a minute, enough is enough. And then they took Trump. So um, and, and fewer than half of Americans expect there to be a peaceful transition to power to a Biden presidency. Well, that may be a, a play on a question that can very well be. Um, the fact that many of the Republicans don't believe that there will be a Biden presidency. Sort of like what um, uh, Pompeo said, where they asked him about working with the, with the transition team. And he said, 
we will work very closely with the second term transition team. So some of these questions, you have to, you have to know what the questions are, which they never let you know. They give you like roundabout questions. But, um, you know, I just found that, I found that to be very interesting. I found that to be um, a little bit scary um, in, in, in all essence. Um, what, what have you been seeing in New York? I mean, I, New York, I think now has now flipped not only um, Nicole's seat and Claudia's seat, but I think maybe even two or three more. Well, New York too is, was Steve King's seat. That was a seat that everybody said we were going to lose. But it looks like Gabarino is actually still leading and will probably keep keep that seat, which is a big deal. Because that, was a seat that, that, that was one of those seats that Fox – remember we were, sit, we were sitting in the Trump Hotel. We were at President Trump's um, 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 party? election day. Election yeah, party. election day, election party. And they kept on saying – like right away at the at the close of election day in, in, in the East Coast, immediately, remember I turned to you and said, what five seats did we lose? Because they kept on saying, and the Republicans lost five seats in the House. And we kept on looking online and they said it every, we they were saying we it couldn't. all the time. And, the, and, the Demo, and it was in their Chirons, Democrat, uh, Republicans lose five seats in the House. And I'm sitting there going, what are you talking about? We're winning seats all over the East Coast. What seats have yeah, we lost? I think, I think that they um just... Just well, admitted, well this just in from, I think, last night, Brett Baer admits that that same decision desk run by, run by, um, uh, what's his name? Um, there was a, a the, the new, the new Republican, the new, the new Fox, um, uh, what was his name? Arnon Mishkin, who was a Democrat uh, operative. He was running decision desk. So when they say the decision desk told us, it was a Democrat. These guys were lying. There were no five seats on the East Coast that went to Democrats. So what they were doing is these are these are similar to push polls. They were pushing a narrative to get Democrats to go out and for Republicans to stay home. Why? Because if you feel like you're losing and for whatever reason, it's seven, eight o'clock at night and you're just not really interested in going to vote and you hear that we're losing all over the place, it suppresses the vote. It's it's a suppression. I just tactic. spoke. I just spoke to Tom Keen from New Jersey, okay, and I was told, and we were just talking, and he said that they projected that he was going to lose the seat by eleven points. How much did he win by? Let everybody know. And, and no, he didn't win yet, but he's right he's now. Up. Right now, no. I, here, so let me just pull it up. I thought he's up. I thought Tom Keen is up now. He was up, but now he's not. But he's oh, okay. he's right now. He's right now behind. How many Bye. how many votes did they did they manufacture for his opponent? Well, Tom the Tom Milanowski is leading right now. It's it's a basically a two point spread. So he's fit for, it's two points behind. The two point spread means that there's he's one point behind though in the election. Yeah, basically. So and there's still about sixty thousand at least mail in ballots, and so far all the how many votes ballots. is he behind? How many actual votes? Actual votes, um, less less than than ten thousand. And there's sixty thousand left to go. So that means that if he gets fifty percent of so those, he, so he he's been he's been so far been getting more than fifty percent of the mail-in ballots that have been coming in. Right. Because he did it. But if he, he, if he did, goes down to fifty at this point, he wins. He did a he did a very big mail-in ballot initiative because a lot of the people in his district are more like um, independents and blue collar Democrats who probably would, would switch over. Right. Um, it's a, it's a manufacturing district with like 
some of the biggest quarries in the country. So it's a very interesting district. Anyway, once again, it's 91% reporting. AP is saying that Tom. But, but listen, but listen, won. but listen to this. This is Brett there last night. There are still a handful of race, races undecided. On election night, the Fox News decision desk, which he doesn't add here, run by a Democratic operative, correctly predicted soon after nine o'clock Eastern, right? Because remember, it was like nine o five that we heard it, or nine ten. It was yeah. very early Eastern that Democrats would retain control of the House, but they also estimated Democrats would add about five seats to their majority. That did not occur. Republicans have gained six seats with multiple races yet to be decided. And we also have not yet lost one Republican seat. Right. Is there any chance that they actually do take the majority or, or the, own, the, so. the most I they do that, is they come in within like two, right? No, I think that it's possible for them to take, I think it's possible for them to most likely be within, be either equal or like, like neck and neck. Or not. Now, See, let me I have a question. If, if any of these recounts in, in Georgia, Nevada, so that's Pennsylvania. A, thing. a lot of these so these recounts could theoretically flip seats like Michigan, Wisconsin, um, Arizona. Because there's a whole bunch of seats that are narrow margins. Yeah, and these recounts can flip those seats. And hopefully in the Senate side, the recounts won't affect the producing and it will only be a Loeffler race. Um, right. Oh, so as of now, as of now, it's now no longer a Purdue runoff? No, no, no. You're saying with the recount, with the recount, with the recount. So you're saying with the recount, Purdue's very close, win. and Georgia has these crazy rules that you have to get. Yeah, someone, someone, the Republicans need to wake up. They, they, they passed a lot of these laws in the last like decade or so in a lot of these Republican states that are just asinine. Early voting. I mean, um, Georgia uh, has one of the dumbest ones. It's called a. It's called a. It's called a. But you have to win the majority. A, a jungle primary, where let's say you could have four different people running. I know. And therefore, it's, it's, it's insane. Of, it's insane. So, so, so let me just say one thing. I think that it's very important for our listeners to know this. There's an extra analysis that I think people have to realize. And I think that this is something that the leader, McCarthy, should do. The Republicans should do something that's unprecedented. They should say that they're supporting Amy Stamberger for speaker. Well, supposedly um, um, Nancy Pelosi does not have the numbers to win. She doesn't have the votes, but she would. So then, who's going to be the speaker? Jim, uh, they're saying Hakeem Jeffries. Hakeem Jeffries. I think the Republicans should support Amy Stamberger, who is a blue dog Democrat as speaker. Well, well the reason, wait, 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 wait. and then yeah. especially, if, and then it will create, it will create chaos in the party. In their party. In the Democrat side, yeah. Right. So the the reason the re well let's let's yeah okay, but let's say she wins. I mean, from a political standpoint, having a moderate Democrat in charge allows for the Democrats, in theory, in theory, to remain in power. You understand that, right? Well, because because I, if moderation I, I is if moderation works, then if they're working in moderation, then they'll then we won't have what to hit back on. Not true. I'm just saying. From a political I, I standpoint, so. not what's good I for the country. I agree with you. I what's think, good for the country, we should do that. I agree. No, I think that the party will tear itself apart anyway. Are you saying because what you're going to end up with is all you need is two or three Democrats to say, yeah, I'm with them, and she becomes the speaker? Right, exactly. But I think she has to accept it. That, she has to she accept be, the nomination. She would probably, she'd probably not want to because she would know 
that what it would do. It would create chaos in the conference. Correct. But I'm willing to bet you they could find a Democrat willing to do it. You'd have a Democrat and they switch to the Republican side. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. Like a Van Drew or someone like that who like could then Tulsi split. Gabbard, like a Tulsi Gabbard. Because that would be like epic, you know? It would be funny. Like these, these, these Democrats that don't get along with the rest of the Democrat Party. One of the things I think we need to talk about is the libertarian vote. I don't know. This libertarian vote, they're going to have to do studies on that because she, uh, Yo Jorgensen is a, is a leftist. I don't why think, do they, I don't, why, are the, why do the libertarians keep voting for these people? That's what I don't get. The libertarians, I tell you this all the time, libertarians live in the same lava land as socialists. That's it. What does that mean? Okay. The socialism, the socialism look good on paper. Yes. Everyone will. If you say no, you're just being, you're not being intellectually honest. Socialism is a great idea. Everybody gets along. Everybody has the same stuff and everything is, everybody's happy. There's a problem with that. The problem is, is that we're human. There's, there's, there's humanity involved. So once humanity right. is involved, you're living in a utopia. Well, guess what? Libertarians are the same thing in the opposite direction. Everybody leaves everybody alone. Everyone does whatever the heck they want and everybody's happy. Well, well, that's not true because we're humans. So that's, so basically, that's just not true. Right. They live, libertarians, true libertarians and true socialists live in the same world, one that doesn't exist, which is why liberalism and conservatism exist. Liberalism is a human, a, 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 if you want to say a more human, dumbed down version of socialism and well, modern day liberalism, not not right. liberalism 150 years ago, and conservatism, what what used to be called liberalism, um, is a dumbed down version of libertarianism. Correct. Right? Ronald Reagan said in the in in uh, in the in the chest of every conservative beats the heart of a of a libertarian. But but basically, what it is, it's a libertarian with a brain. You quite having a conversation with a true libertarian. You you can't have one. Well, why can't everyone just have their own police force? It's, 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 the argument, so the question is so stupid. You can't even have an argument. You can't even have a discussion about it. It's silliness. It's just, it's like discussing, it's like discussing physics with a six-year-old. Seriously, you go to CPEC and you, and you find these 19-year-olds that had some libertarian professor in some university and they got hooked because they read a book and they're like, nope, I agree. Everyone, we should not have police. Everyone should be able to have their own security. And what happens if you can't afford it? Well, then you know, well, you should be able to, because if everybody just let everybody alone, you'll be able to have that. Like, what? Oh, That's even the word tyrant. Do you understand that? Like, people just they don't understand, right? Because they they, they have no thought. They, they're 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 thinking emotionally. Socialists and libertarians think emotionally. I'll be honest with you, regular liberals, not progressives, liberals and conservatives think logically. Now their logic is different. Right? Some people like Coke. And sometimes some people like sometimes we let and sometimes we let our logic taint our taint our ability to govern. Quite frankly, that, that that may be true. But again, like if if you believe that murdering a baby, I mean, if you believe that aborting a baby is murder, you can't really give in on that. Because I didn't think you were going to bring this up, but now that you brought it up, it was it was like floating in my mind. Let's have that discussion. Do you think that we should we should ban abortions? I believe Roe v. Wade needs to be overturned because it's bad law. 
Now, so I believe you, that I, in New I mean, York on a policy on a policy level, it should be up to the states. Exactly. What I was there, just going to say what there should Roe be v. Wade. Fire. All Roe v. Wade does is it knocks the law back down to the state. That's literally all it does. What I do think, though, is there should be federal funding programs to encourage higher birth rates. So women who have who have a baby who out of wedlock from whatever the reason is. That That's why we have, have charities. I, I believe I believe that we need to allow. I think we could fix this other ways with deregulation. I think. Well, there should charities. be there should be a fund. There should be one of the reasons why Israel is. So I don't believe the, I don't believe the government is the answer. The answer is charity, but there's, there's not, a bigger you answer. You know what? There, Allow the, the charities. Might be, one second, one second. There might be a charity that could be helpful, but uh, the fact is, that in countries like Hungary, um, Poland, and Israel, there are government incentives to have kids. right. And in Israel, if you walk six feet out of your house, you get arrested and you get your head beaten in by a by a pipe by a cop. Okay, you, so, you that was that was cute, but the bottom line is is that no, it, because it's it, because like when government Poland, they also when do government is program. involved in your life to the extent that they're giving you money to have kids. They can also tell you what to do with those kids. Less government. There are there are ways. Thing. There are there less government. So is let not me finish. The answer. There right. are allow charities to do what they used to do in this country, and that's get involved in the political process. We've taken God out of our politics, and that's a big, big mistake. The IRS should never have been given that power. I don't believe they ever were given that power. And I believe a priest, an imam, or a rabbi getting up in their synagogue and saying, voting for a guy like Joe Biden who believes you can suck the brains out of a baby in its mother's womb is evil, and you should not do that if you consider yourself a practicing Jew, should be allowed. Mm -hmm. And the founders never believed that it shouldn't be allowed. And you know how you know? Because the first shot of the War of Independence was fought in the pews of the churches. You had actual ministers pick, pick, taking off their ministerial garbs, picking up a rifle, and fighting for the liberty of their country. This idea that rabbis don't have a First Amendment right because they're tax-exempt is absurd. If you don't like what your rabbi is saying, pick your rear end up and walk out of the synagogue. Walk out of the church. Walk out of the mosque. Why is other things that they say okay, but not? If I have a rabbi that says that gay right, gay, gay marriage is okay in Judaism, what, what would you do if your rabbi in your synagogue said that, Chesky? I don't know. I would get up and leave. I, I, it doesn't mean that I, dis, that I believe that two gay men or two gay women shouldn't have a right to civil unions and things like that. I personally believe the government should get out of marriages altogether. But, but the fact of the matter is, let's say your rabbi got up and said, I believe that um, we should tax everybody at 90%. I would get up and walk out. He's a Marxist. I'm not listening to him. So why can't somebody who disagrees? If my rabbi got up and said that voting for Donald Trump, you're a, you're a lunatic. If you do that, I'll get up and walk out. He should, why can't the synagogue continue having a 501c3? I don't, I don't understand the problem. Where is, where is there inherently a problem? Only the left sees a problem there. Because they don't, because it only hurts us. It never hurts the left. Mm -hmm. Go look, go look at what the people do in left-wing synagogues. Every single one of their rabbis is politically active. Every single no, one. Or you can look at the look at this look at this reverend who's running for for senate in New Georgia. Why is it the left-wing? And you you're going to tell me that that quote-unquote rabbi of the um um she's a Marxist. She's married to um, what's her name from the AFT? Um, uh, from uh, Who? what's the name? 
she has her synagogue in Manhattan. Um, uh, Simchat Torah, Simchat Torah. Um, where is that? That's in Manhattan. That's where that rabbi that puts on his black hat. Um, oh, Rabbi Moskowitz. Yeah, I was. I didn't want to say his name, but uh, that's Rabbi Moskowitz is a fellow. Uh, not related yeah. to you, is he? I don't think so, right? No, he is not. That's yeah. Not, not that I know um, of. The guy is I, I barely religious, yet he puts on his hat so that way he can he can use it as a whipping horse against the right. But for some reason, right wing rabbis say something and everyone goes bananas. I, it's I think oh, it's maybe a very, he is very big, maybe he is maybe he is. He's orthodox. not orthodox. He's not an orthodox rabbi. He's not an orthodox. Know? He's not an orthodox Jew because he's not. He's not an orthodox Jew. But he has not. a smicha. Okay. And. No. Having smicha from an orthodox institution. And then, so let's say it, uh, if someone goes and goes to Lakewood Yeshiva, it's a big, big Yeshiva in Lakewood, and then goes and eats pork and shellfish and, um, and doesn't keep the Sabbath, would you consider that to be an Orthodox Jew just because he has smicha, just because he has ordination? No, but does he actually eat pork? I have no idea. I can tell you that what he, what he promotes in that synagogue is not Orthodox. It's not he's Jewish. A scholar, he's a scholar in residence at the trans, for trans and queer Jewish studies at the congregation Bet Simcha. World's largest LGBTQ. That's Simchat Torah, I thought. He is also, so he went to, he learned in, he received three ultra Orthodox ordinations while learning in the Mir. The Mir in Jerusalem. The Mir in, in Jerusalem. Jerusalem, yeah. He learned in Lakewood and he is a David Hartman Center Fellow for the author of textual and the author of textual activism. Look at that. Textual activism. Textual activism. You know what that means? That means he's a political operative. That means he's so pushing he, politics. He, he teaches on trans issues and Jewish sources, creating a body of work. Da, ba, da, ba, da, ba, da, ba, da. Trans, he's teaching on trans sources. Can I ask you a question? I, I went to Yeshiva my whole life. We were in the Bible to talk about trans people. A collection of essays, articles and speeches that basically is all about um, it's feelings. It's all feelings. Yeah, um, he has a it has seven ratings, five star ratings on Amazon. Of course it does. But how many people actually um, ground, rated it? Ground groundbreaking contribution. The Jewish LGBTQ thought. Don't again, I'm not, I'm not hitting the LGBT community. That's not, that's not the point here. The point is, is that religion has a place. And, and, and the idea that it has no place in our politics is a leftist idea. It never existed in this country until the IRS decided so to, to stop the right. Because the left doesn't inherently have religion. The left's religion is the left. It's progressivism. So this, this idea that... that um, the homophobia is the real... You wrote an article called "Homophobia is the Real Abomination," and but, but, um, so that's silliness. It's silliness. At least you have some rabbis in, let's say, um, uh, yeshivas Chovavei uh, Torah. You know, the, the 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 yeshiva in 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 Riverdale in the Bronx, and some of them say, "Listen, it, the fact of the matter is, the Bible says what it says," and they try to work their way using rabbinic, um, um, you know, theories and how to try to mitigate. Certain so things. he says, this guy's just is, he says there is no sin in being gay, just as there is no mitzvah to being straight, because both just are. 
Well, so this is, what's he saying is that the, it's the action that's wrong, or is he saying that even that's it? Not the wrong. Leviticus is the verse most often said as declaring divine opposition to homosexuality. He says, in that verse, the man of Israel are warned not to lie with another man as they do, do with a woman, since it is a to'eva, which is an abomination. So he says, although homophobic cultures pro project great certainty on the meaning of the word, usually translated as abomination, in the times of the Mishnah, it was much less clear. The Talmud, which he quotes, tells the story of Bar Kapra and Rebbe, the redactor of the Mishnah. Bar Kapra asks Rebbe, what is the meaning of the word to'eva? Rebbe offers answers and Bar Kapra rejects them. Eventually, Rebbe asks what Bar Kapra thinks the word to'eva means. Rav Kapra, Rav Bar Kapra explains to'a ataba, understood by the commentary as you are strained from your wife to be with another man. So he's like, and then he says he has further evidence that to'eva is connected. So he's, to saying, he's saying the claim that, that, that homosexuality is only wrong when you are straight, but not when you are gay. Right, basically, because it's deceitfulness. He, he quotes uh, the, the Deuteronomy 25.16. She says the tu'eva is used to refer to those things everyone who deals dishonestly is abhorrent but to does the he, does he Does he show at all any any historical proof for this belief? Or is he saying, is, does he at least admit that it's novel? Um, he, says, he says being gay in itself is not a tu'eva, Forcing people to live a life of deception is. It is indeed a born and an, and an abomination. So he says the code of Jewish law frames the prohibition of two women being together as an extramarital affair. Does not instruct mothers or teachers to inform young women about a prohibition, but rather that husbands should warn their wives. The horrific consequences of this communal failure are far-reaching. He's basically saying that our community is not. It's 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 very hard because again. He ha he ha he has to know that this is conjecture. Well, he's not intellectually honest. It's just there's such a thing called such a thing called a masora, a tradition, which is a tradition. Remember that the Jewish people, for, for our non-Jewish listeners, the Jewish people are 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 more than just a people. We're a religion. We're we're an ethnicity. We're a nation. We're a nation state. We're, we're many different things. It's 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 the, the closest thing that would be considered like us. We're very similar to, let's say, the Yazidis or the um, or, or other similar types of ancient people that are more than just the religion, more than just the people. And and the fact of the matter is, is the reason why we've been able to survive for this long is because we we follow our traditions. Now the traditions do change, slight amounts over time, but you can see you can always follow the tradition back. So the mm -hmm. tradition might slightly change, but you can see where it changed, when it changed, and why it changed. You'll be able to find a source for where it changed or why it changed. Usually, not always, but usually. Correct. Um, but but this is this is one of the things that goes back to 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 the politics of the right and the left. And I think you see a lot of this, you know, in that YouGov poll where there's trust and distrust. I, I think that Republicans have a distrust for government as it is. Um, where leftists don't, because they believe in government. That is their religion. And, and the fact of the matter is, is that I think, you know, getting back to the actual election, I think that, that you know, you know when, 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 President, when, when, when Joe Biden gets up and Donald Trump rightfully says that, that Joe Biden is, is owned and, and run by Wall Street, and he says no, well, just look right now, it's being detailed in the New York Times, right? Um, I don't know, Chesky, if you saw this, that basically 
the transition team that Joe is setting up in his office of the magical president-elect um, is filled with Wall Street people from his Commerce Department to the Treasury Department to the Federal Reserve. Um, you have all of these people like um, Don Graves and Arun Venkatraman and, um, and Gary Gensler. And let's see who else is here on this list. Roger Fer Ferguson. Uh, and what are all these people? Uh, these guys are all Wall Street people. Tom Nidus, Tom St uh, um, uh, here, Jeffrey Zients. You have well, yeah, the Wall Street. Jack Seiwer from Goldman Sachs. Margaret Anudo, Goldman Sachs. These people are not, all. This is not a. This is not a, 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 a um, government that's going to be run by the people. And anybody who thought that it was going to be is out of their con-picking mind. Correct. Now, listen, now, now I came here, I, I'm in Michigan right now because I came here to what I believe, and, and again, as, as, as is being shown from, from the YouGov poll, that, that most Republicans, for the most part, do not believe that this was honest. So let's, let's talk about the numbers. I don't, I don't know, Chesky, if you were able to, 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 I did a lot of research on these numbers. And, so and, and by the way, we're going to be having on a little bit uh, uh, shortly. We're going to be having on Morty Mandelbaum, who is the deputy regional director um, in Oakland County in Michigan, um, which is just north of Wayne County, which is where Detroit is. So where I am right now, I'm about, I think, 10 minutes from Detroit, 15 minutes from Detroit, where I am right now. But I'm not in the same county. Wayne had a ton of fraud. From what I, from what I was able, I actually went and, and was in the where they were doing the tallying. So I actually went there. It's, it's the people are very nice there in, in, in um, Oakland County. There were problems in Oakland County. They were not letting people like Morty into, like he actually is one of those people with the sworn affidavits. So he, he's, his affidavit is one of the 230 whatever in Michigan. His is one of them. So we're gonna be speaking to one of the affidavits, but I was gonna go through these numbers. And this is why Republicans don't believe, don't believe this, okay? So everyone remembers that Joe Biden and the Democrats were talking about, you know, how when Trump was saying that the the mail-in ballots were going to lead to a lot of fraud, that they were that, that the Republicans were disenfranchising voters. Remember that? Well, you're just yes. disenfranchising voters. Well, there's a reason why what Trump was saying he was saying. All right, mail-in rejection rates are anywhere between one and twenty percent typically. They're, they're anywhere in there. That's where they 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 live. So anywhere between one and 20% is the rejection rate in any given election. Now, they typically, they typically are about one to three. What, what one to three, one being for voters that have voted already previously, meaning they know how, upwards of three, sometimes five percent for new, new mail-in voters, absentee voters, meaning. If a hundred, if you have a town that has 100 new absentee voters and 100 secondary, tertiary, et cetera, absentee voters, you will end up with 99 voters of old people that have previously done it. And you could have as little as 95 in the new. And that's when it's just a small amount and people are able to call and get instructions and things like that. Now, In PA, in Pennsylvania, the projection of the amount that they expected, and this is from left-wing newspapers, 
in their reportings of how many were supposed to be rejected was 30 times that. So they were expecting 30% upwards to 60% would be rejected in Pennsylvania, okay? Now, out of 2,614,011 absentee ballots, how many do you think were rejected? Kesky. How many? 951. Do you know what that ratio is? What is that ratio? 0.03%. Now, now, there should have been 300 times that. You understand? So what happened? So logically, it would tell you that something, something, either there's a massive problem and something is broken or there was fraud. Now, if something was just broken, why did the Biden campaign should be okay with us going in and looking? If everything is hunky-dory, allow us to look. Everything's not hunky-dory, right? Right. Now, again, let's remind our, 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 our listeners this is this this is the way it works. You take your you take your paper your paper ballot, the same one, very similar or the same type of ballot that you did when you went and voted in person. You take that, you fold it, you stick it in an envelope. In some states you sign it, in some states you sign it and date it, in some states you sign it, date it, and get a witness, depending on what you're doing, on the flap of the envelope. Okay. Think of, you know, when you watch a movie or you see a TV show where they where in olden days they would pour wax over the envelope and they would stamp their stamp of seal. The same concept. You're signing your signature right. over the flap. You then take that envelope, you stick it in another envelope. That envelope has your name and address on it with a signature on it. Same exact thing. Right. This is what happens on the other end. The Board of Elections takes a pile of these envelopes, sits down at a table, a Republican on one side, a, 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 a Democrat on the other. They inspect the closed secondary envelope, okay? Now, every, every vote has to be secret, right? So we have your name on the outside, on the outside envelope. We check that name against the, the records. If the person matches the records, we then look at the signature. The signature then looks fine. That envelope now goes into another pile, which will then be opened. And the, mm -hmm. that envelope will then be put into a, another pile, which will then be opened and counted. Okay. Now, right. Um, that envelope usually has the date. I think if I'm not mistaken, in some States, it's a date, um, um, that is written over the envelope flap. So you can make sure that it's not being, um, manipulated. Okay. Okay. Some states don't have anything. I think in New York, it's just a sealed envelope. Um, but I think some states they do, there is a marking that is done on whether it's, uh, you, 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 I, don't, I don't know. Different states have different markings on the, in, on the internal um, uh, envelope. Now, of course, the problem is, is that that is where, that is where that one to three upwards of 20% of envelopes get tossed. At that stage, that is the stage Republicans were not allowed to be in for. So what happens? 100% of these envelopes made it into. Now, if you have to ask me where that 0.03 is, they were probably all Republicans because remember, a super majority of Democrats are what makes up the absentee ballots. So I wouldn't be surprised if you actually went and looked 0.03. All those were Republicans because there was no Demo there was no Republican there to say yes. So you're talking about almost 100% of all 
statistically, all of the ballots were accepted in Pennsylvania because the Republicans never got a say in the matter. Well, guess what? The only remedy for this is to toss two and a half million votes. You have to toss they're not. Are they going to toss two and a half million votes? Uh, from what I understand, if it gets to see, this is the trick. This is the problem, is getting into, is getting into court. The Republic, the, the Trump administration, from what it looks like, is having a problem getting into court. Why? Because they need to have standing. You understand what standing is, right? Yes. Standing is the fact that you could even bring the case to begin with, right? We had this issue when we were we were helping the case for some of the lawsuits for yeshivas to find people that had standing, right? Yeah. Now, the Trump administration needs to prove that something happened. It would be similar to somebody saying, I was in a hotel, I went into the hotel lobby bathroom, I had $1,000 worth of diamonds on me. Someone came into the bathroom and stole them from me. Going to the cops, the cops saying, prove it. Well, what do you mean? He says, well, prove that you had the diamonds on you. Well, I, I had them on me. Well, do you have video that showed them rob you? No, it was in the bathroom. There's no video cameras in the bathroom. You understand? The problem is, is the proof is in the lawsuit. But I can't bring the lawsuit because I can't, I can't prove it. The, the problem is that it's overwhelmingly provable once we start asking people under oath. We can't do that unless we go to court. It's a catch-22. The Trump campaign finds itself, I think, in a catch-22. They can't. They can only prove it in court, and they can't prove it before court because they need court to prove it. Now, in a regular criminal case, the district attorney decides to bring the case. Here, and I think this is a terrible, terrible thing because of precedent that federal judges don't like to overturn elections. They've created this rule that unless you can prove that it's going to overturn the actual election, they don't hear the case. But what that that, that does is it leads to minor amounts of fraud. And minor amounts of fraud all over the place lead to one big major coup. And I think that's the problem the Trump administration is. I think I think that that that's for sure the case. I think that people are very afraid. Well, you've been speaking to people in the administration, and this is what they're telling you, no? Yeah, I mean, people don't think that it's going to happen because that people know that the judges don't want to create a what they call a constitutional crisis. Right. But what they're doing is creating a, a, a citizen crisis. I mean, this right. is a similar crisis that, 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 and I'm not using, you know, hyperbole. This led to this, this, this type of, this type of belief is what led to the civil war. What at least allowed the South's government to co-opt the South's citizens into believing there was a usurpation of power. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so let's talk about a normal year, taking Pennsylvania, for instance, right? In 2016, 266,000 um, ball absentee ballots were casted. Now, think about that, 266,000. This year, 2,614,011 were counted, were, 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 were done. The, 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 the ratio here is astronomical. The norm- How does, how does Joe Biden become- one second. Let me let me let me let me finish this. Yeah. So out of two hundred and sixty-six thousand in twenty sixteen, two thousand five hundred and thirty-four reject were rejected. Okay, that means if we were to take this year's numbers and correspond them, right, to yeah. twenty sixteen. By the way, 
2,066,000, and with a rejection rate of 2534, that's a 10% rejection rate, by the way. Think about that. A 10% rejection rate in the last presidential election. So remember I said it's normally one to three, could be upwards of 20. In 2016, it was 10. So with that projection rate, well, I'm sorry, it was 1%. 1%. It was 1%. 26,000 this year should have been rejected. So they why weren't. didn't they reject any, any of them? Because there were no Republicans there to reject them. Because that there were no Republicans in the room able to say, hey. Now, that was last year where, where, from what I understand, in Pennsylvania, an overwhelming number of that 266,000 were not first-time voters. Understand this. So in the mm-hmm. 266,000 last time around were mostly we're mostly now, you know what you can prove from this number that in Pennsylvania, the last time around was 266,000. That means that the highest number that you can have of the 2,614,000 that were not first time voters were 266,000. That means 2,300,000 and some odd thousand were first time voters in the absentee system. That's almost statistically 100%. Got it. So, so the numbers here are being, and that's Pennsylvania. You're seeing in Wisconsin, Wisconsin supervisors against federal law, because the federal, remember the constitution says that the state houses, the state legislatures are to create the rules for voting in their states, which means nobody else has that power. Not the governor, not the, not the, not the president, not not your your local state city councils and, and 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 community activists no one has that power just the state legislatures so in wisconsin the supervisors of of uh of the local uh, the, the county admins right the, the, the wisconsin supervisors sent emails to the county admins that the uh, that the addresses for the spoiled ballots of the witnesses should be accepted and that they can be fixed. That means that if the address was wrong, but something else was right, that they could just accept it. Well, state law says that you can't. The Supreme Court says that you can't because the state legislatures says that you can. And what do they do in Wisconsin? They mix these ballots all over the place. So, so the only remedy, once again, that where federal courts have seen these cases they typically, the, the, the remedy was that you tossed these ballots, all of them. Because when you have 20% of a pile and you don't know what in that pile is, you have the only way is to get rid of all of them. This is truly fascinating thing. So I just let me just get, get this straight. So you're saying that there's all of these ballots and no one actually was able to disqualify them because no one was allowed into the house into the exactly when people say well what's the problem they weren't allowed in so what that's the problem wait wait, wait. why are people even can you explain to me why would people even say that because they're saying that these votes in other words every vote has to count so what's the difference if the republicans are there or not Wait a second. What if it was the other way around? Then the Republic. Why is it that only the Democrats? Stop it. it. That's not the way this works. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why is it always? I just want to understand something. Why is it always the Democrats have 
have the ability to lock us out. Why don't we lock them out? Because this is the thing that Republicans never do properly. Um, they never, they never care about, you know, the donors never care about um, down ballot. The donors never care about county executives and county commissioners. They're, I mean, the Democrats always do. The Republicans, I mean, look what George Soros did. George Soros went and spent a gajillion dollars on state attorney general races. You know why? Because that's where everything lies. The power lies in the attorney general. People never realize that. Isn't the Arizona attorney general also a Democrat, right? Mm-hmm. How the, the heck does that happen? Well, I mean, you, you, you've had dealings with a lot of these um, donors. How many of them tell you, oh, I just donate to the Trump campaign or I just donate to my state governor's race? None of them ever get involved in local politics because they don't want to, because they don't see the upside. Yeah. Right now, right now, this is the difference between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. I am looking right now uh, at, the, at the elections, right? You have 3,390,729 for Joe Biden, 3,336,751. Well, guess what? You know where Joe Biden's 3 million come from? From where? 2 million, over 2 million of them come from these absentees. So I have a question for you. How does Joe Biden win? He wins by by stealing the election. No, but again, if we toss, if I'm reading these numbers correctly, if we toss 2 million votes, well, Trump has three and a third million and Joe Biden goes down to one and a third million. Yeah. Right? Am I, am I reading these numbers right? Now, I'm, I'm, I am making the assumption that, that the absentees are being counted because Google claims that, that, it's a, that it's live, which means as they collect, as they count these mail-in, I'm assuming these numbers are including the mail-ins. Now, it's possible that in these mail-ins, I, I do think that, that Trump did, what percentage of... Um, The, the percentage that Trump had of the mail-ins was, was decent, but they all get tossed. And if I'm not mistaken, if they all get tossed, Trump wins. And the same goes for Wisconsin, Nevada, and all these other states. And listen, it but sucks. Let, does it, is it even remotely possible that could happen? Um, if it goes to the Supreme Court, yes. So explain to the listeners why that is, because I don't understand why. Well, number one, because we actually have constitutionalists now controlling the, the Supreme Court. And again, yes, Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, Roberts, right. has been a little bit of a um, disaster for the right. But now there is a, there's, there's a shift in the Supreme Court. Why? Because the way it works is, is that, as you know, the majority opinion is written by or decided to be written by the most senior justice in the majority. Unless, unless the chief justice is in the majority. So when the chief justice is in the majority, which is one of the reasons why people believe that Roberts had flipped on Obamacare was because he was nervous of the left 
writing what they were going to write. And if he was in charge of what was being written, he can manipulate it in a, such a way. It was a stupid move, in my opinion. That was the belief at the time. He's done similar things in the past. But now what happens if he decides to, to side with the left and the majority is written by Clarence Thomas? You end up with a majority opinion that is extremely right-wing, extremely constitutional, extremely originalist, right? And if he wants to make that a little more palatable to, to centrists, John Roberts would have to join with the majority. So wait, you think that you think that Ace, that Amy Amy uh, Amy uh, whatever Coney Barrett? A, yeah, ACB. Call her ACB. ACB should call her ACB. Yeah. You think A, you think ACB, Gersak, um, Alito, and Kavanaugh are go and 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 Thomas are going to. Yes. This? Yeah, because they have to. Because 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 there's no other. You can't you can't say that a person won because of fraud. Now you can toss everything and say that whoever won that won. Meaning. Meaning we know for sure in this pile of ballots is 20% garbage, right? You're saying, okay, so, so let me just get this straight. You're saying that since the, <clears throat> since it's a fact that there's fraud. Right. You can't say, well, he won because of fraud. So what, but wouldn't that logic dictate that even if there is one vote that's fraud and you can't find it, that the whole election is disqualified? No, no, or it not. needs to be. The, the federal judges will only do something if they can if it, if it actually changes the outcome. Because you don't want to disenfranchise voters, right? You don't want to. They have to weigh disenfranchising voters versus fraud. If the fraud was on a big enough level, now there's another thing that they can do. The Supreme Court can do one of two things: they could toss it all, or they could toss the entire state election period and send it to the state legislatures. Remember, citizens do not have a right to vote for president. It's a myth. That's true. Constitutionally, states, constitutionally, the states have the right to send electors. And how they do that is based on state law. Now, states decided that we're going to vote for them. Okay. Now, what happens when that, that, that is gone, right? The state of New Jersey was going to have this problem with Superstorm Sandy. Had Superstorm Sandy happened four or five days later, the state of New Jersey would, would never have been able to get elections up and running. And at the time, Chris Christie said, we need to have a plan too if we can't get the elections up and running. At the time, they were going to use the constitutional right of the state legislature to send electors. They were just going to vote electors. The state legislators would have put up a, a, a list of people and they would have sent them to go vote. Okay. And they were going to figure out a way to do that. That may be what happens here. The state of Pennsylvania will have no election, the election will be thrown out, and their state legislatures will choose electors. They can choose one of two things. They can choose to send both Democrat and Republican electors and, let, and toss it to the House to decide which electors to sit, or they can choose themselves. Now, both houses are Republican. They can send both, Democrat and Republican, and let the House, which is, even though it's controlled by the Democrats, the, they each get a vote, if I'm not mistaken, by party of the state, and the Republicans control the caucus, control the state, the state, um, um, control the amount of states, 
Now, this is where it starts to get shaky, whether the who seats them. Is it, is it, I don't know. But I do know that this can become very bumpy and very dicey very quickly. And the Supreme Court is going to have to decide that. The problem is that the Republicans need to get to the Supreme Court. Now, as I said, we have with us, um, um, we have with us today uh, a, oh, Nachman, this just came in, by the way. The Pennsylvania court just ruled the Supreme Court. The Secretary of State lacked the authority to change the deadline two days before the election. Who, who, which court? Which court? What's it called? That a judge um, of the Su Su Pennsylvania Supreme Court. No, but that was a while ago. No, it just came in today, just now. But, oh, maybe. May, what's the remedy? He ruled 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 ballots that were previously set aside should not be counted. A Pennsylvania judge. Okay, so before the before they said they had to be set aside, now they're saying that they can't be counted. But oh, they already mixed happened? them all in. So this is a did big they? I, some of them they did. Some of them they didn't. I'm, um, I, 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 I've heard. I've heard that in Pennsylvania, some were mixed in and some were not. Depends on the county. And this is all going to have to go to court. This is all going to have to go to court. Now this makes a precedent. The whole election can be contested. That is true. So now, so now, this is where this is where all those Democrats that were saying, "Oh well, Trump is 0 for five in lawsuits. You only need to be." One for six. You just need it's it's like it's like somebody gets right, um, you know, in a gladiator fight. You could get slight slashed and diced. All you need is that one hit to the jugular of your opponent. Exactly, you know? exactly. So we have with us again. Let me for, for all for all those that are, are are listening. We have with us Morty Morty Mandelbaum. He's the deputy regional director of Oakland County in Michigan which is again, just north of uh, Wayne County, which is where Detroit sits, which is where a majority of the, um, of the fraud in Michigan was happening. Remember, you don't need six states to do fraud. You just need six cities. You just need six Democrat cities. Um, and uh, we're gonna go through you know, what he saw, his actual affidavit. I actually have his affidavit in my hand. Um, he, was, he was nice enough to, to, to give us a copy. Um, and um, this is crazy stuff. So, Morty, how you doing? I am doing well. Thank you for having me on. And I do just want to say that that's not my official affidavit that I submitted. Uh, I had some edits, but that was just a, a preliminary copy. Oh, so there's, that I had. so there's so been updates. There's been updates. There has this. been updates just just to make it a little bit more, uh, put it into legalese and all that stuff. Um, okay, but the, the the general idea of this is 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 accurate. Yes. Yes, that's uh, and and that's what I'd like to to talk about today. So, so you are a registered. So everyone to understand that that you actually have standing to file this affidavit because you are actually a actual voter in the state of Michigan. Correct? You're not from Michigan, but you are. You've been here long enough. You are. You're not. You're not a Michiganian by by birth. You moved here many months ago. You've been involved here in the community in in in, in the and 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 you are a registered voter in the state of Michigan. Correct? Correct. I registered to vote here. I established my residence here, and uh, I, I'm a Michigander for all intents and purposes. Obviously, okay. and and not only were you a Michigander, and not only are you from the GOP, but you were actually a credentialed Republican challenger in 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 an, in a in in the um, voting location called Cabo Hall. Correct. Yep. Uh, it's currently called TCF Center, uh, but it's I, well, I was going to say actually, that, that, that just right. be a little bit more specific i was an absentee ballot 
counting board challenger. So I was just dealing with challenges. So for you the were supposed to be so, correct. Very nice. So this is you were going to be the person who was going to be the Republican sitting next to the board of elections um, um, designee when they op- they dump over the pile of of absentee ballots onto the table and they go one by one. You were going to be the one that was supposed to inspect that to make sure, number one, there's a ballot in there. Number two, the signature on the flap is okay, that the person's even a registered voter, et cetera, et cetera. That was going to be your job. Yeah, and, and everything else leading up to that vote actually going into the tabulations and be, and for it to be counted in the, uh, the electoral and you were there, process. And you were there on November 3rd and November 4th. I was there. I got there on 5 p.m. November 3rd, and I did not leave there until around 7.30 on uh, November 4th p.m. Okay. So now this, now this, now you were how far away from the Board of Elections employees? So while we were observing, we were given guidance to not come within six feet of them. Um, Of course, if there was a challenge that we did have to get closer, it was completely within our right to get closer than six feet. Um, For the most part, obviously, we were standing approximately six feet apart. Um, And the Democrats were also six feet apart. The Democrats were also six feet apart. Yeah, there, there are the we had that changed from at some point that changed, correct? Uh, well, I, I mean, we were way more than six feet apart when, uh, when they kicked everyone out. So, right. So this is this is where. So, so how why, long, did they, why did how they long, kick everybody out? Well, before that, how long were you there six feet apart before they kicked everyone out? An hour, ten minutes? How long? I was, I was there for quite a while. I was there from around, like I said, I got there around 5 p.m. And I was there straight until they closed the polling stations. Uh, that was around 8 p.m. Uh, so we probably left around 8.15. Uh, every, and then everyone cleared the room, and uh, including the poll workers. And, they, um, and then we all came back at around 10.30 for, for the, the next absentees. batch of, of absentee ballots to be counted. And that's when you guys started having problems. Uh, that that's when, yeah, the, the the bulk of the problem started. That I was that I reported in my affidavit, um, and and in general, I mean, that was that was. So at when, what point were you guys kicked out? At what point were only the Republicans kicked out? So that was later in the day on Wednesday. Um, that was uh, sometime in the afternoon. I, I'd say around like three o'clock ish. Okay. So you were there basically you were there for, so they started opening, opening up these absentees on election day for a few hours. They then stopped for, let's say dinner. And then they all came back and you did it again until late at night. You then left for the night, came back in the morning. were there until the afternoon. No, we were there all night. We were working from 10 PM through the night. Um, it, it was a full steam operation. It was not, it did not end for the night. It, we continued throughout the no, night. But you, you, but you personally were there the whole night. Yes. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought you left and then came back. I thought you guys were in shifts. Uh, we were, but I, uh, I, I took multiple shifts on. Gotcha. Okay. So, so you were taking on multiple shifts, but, but, but again, not everybody was doing these. It was, it was typically shift based. So what I'm saying it, is yeah. that typically in the shifts, People go home, they eat dinner, they come back. In other words, the counting is going on 24 hours a day. It's just the people are coming in and coming out. And at some point in the afternoon, I guess sometime right after like that lunch period where people started coming back, 
on Wednesday is when the Republicans started finding themselves being kicked out of the building. Yeah, that well, yeah, kicked out of the room specifically uh, where they were doing the uh, the counting. And what so, was the reason they gave? So they never gave me a reason. Um, I, I so was they literally just, they just walked over to the Republican and said, sir, you have to leave the building? And so we were wearing uh, credentials issued by the, the Michigan Republican Party. And, uh, you know, we, we, we were easily identified uh, because of that. And they removed people um, for, singularly, I guess, various reasons. From, it was singularly? From, I just want to, because I want to paint for, a picture. For, singularly? I believe so from because from the people I was not personally removed from the room, I was barred from getting back in because I had left to go eat lunch um, because I, I had been there, like I said, from 5 p.m. straight through. So I had left for a little bit during that time. Uh, people who came to me and asked me what was going on, they had been kicked out uh, I, from, from just from from remembering what some of them told me. They were being kicked out because they um, – the poll workers were reporting them as, you know, violating any issue from their mask wasn't doing the right thing or, um, you know, they, they felt that they were getting too close, violating so, the social distancing But these are people rules. that were, do- this, this, was, this was basically going on for almost 24 hours. So in other words, if people had a problem with how these Republicans were supposedly behaving, within the first 24 hours, you would have seen the exact same activity happening, but you didn't. You saw this all happen at one shot. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you would think that if there's problems with the way that someone's wearing a mask or if someone's getting too close, that it would, that it would escalate relatively at the same pace. But all of a sudden to have it just escalate um, to what it It went did, from zero to 60 in five minutes. It went from zero to 120. <laughs> Um, I mean, we're, we're talking about boarding up the windows. I mean, they put cardboard boxes on the windows so that we couldn't see in. Uh, and this was, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm sure you've seen the videos. It's yes, it was, it was great. It, it was unreal. And honestly, if I wasn't there, I would have probably not fully believed it uh, just because it was so shocking. And, and this and, is, and, and this was, is part of the problem that we were speaking about before. The reason why someone like you can't prove illegalities and, and cheating is because they literally boarded the windows. Well, yeah, I mean, because every time that I've reported these, you know, that, oh, I've seen this, I've seen this, I've seen this, everyone's first question is, well, where's the video? So I'll, I'll share this, that it's actually illegal to film ballots before they're counted. Um, and in the state of Michigan, you're actually not even allowed to take a selfie with your ballots. So everyone who takes their selfie with their ballots, that's illegal according to Michigan law. So, right. Well, it's, it's, it's sort of, yeah, but it's, again, it's uh, for our listeners to know, New York, I think has a similar law. I think a lot of states do, but a lot it, of states it, do, but yeah. it's a freedom of, it's a freedom of speech. So it, the laws are completely unconstitutional, which is why no one's ever, but, but here you don't have a right to fill other people's ballots other people, because that's exactly. not your, is that right? So the, the, the freedom of, of speech protection that you can take a picture with your own ballot doesn't apply to videoing um, others. And not only that, but if I'm not mistaken, the security cameras are turned off in this location, correct? Uh, I, in many I have, of them. In many uh, of them. I, I'd imagine so just for the protection of election integrity. Of course, that's what we're there for. Um, and that's the thing. Since you have people there that are in person, the idea that cameras are needed makes sense. But what happens when you kick out half the, half the security guards? Well, when you kick out half the security guards, you intimidate the security guards and you and you just needlessly report them. And then not to mention it, 
No, I, I, don't, I don't mean security guards as in the people with guns. I mean – No, no, no. I, I, I'm, I'm Republicans. talking about – yeah. Right. People no, understand I, when I'm, I'm saying security guards, I mean every ballot has two security guards. They have a Democrat security guard and a Republican security guard. If you throw out the Republican security guards, you don't have any security guards. And you throw out election integrity completely. Correct. Correct. And and that I, I, and I'll I'll say this. I mean, when I was there, there was um, a, this uh, young woman. She was a she was a Democrat challenger, and um, I I suspect that she was following me around to intimidate me, and uh, she made a comment. She she struck up a conversation with me, and she made a comment that well, I'll just go back to watching you guys then. And I just turned to her and I said, well, we're not here to watch you. We're here to watch the ballots. You know, we're here to make sure that election integrity, ha- to maintain election integrity to the highest standard, no matter which way that is. I mean, you know, if, if I had seen fraud going on from, you know, changing ballot to a Republican ticket, I, I wouldn't have stopped reporting that. That's, you know, that, that's what I was there for. I was representing election integrity. I was asked several times throughout the night uh, and, and throughout Wednesday uh, which who I represent, and I say I, I constantly said that I'm here representing election integrity. That's what we're there for. So this wasn't a this shouldn't be a political fight. Right. It, I, I have this, no problems losing if we lose fairly. I'm oh, assuming absolutely. you don't either. No, no, not not at all. Not about that anymore. And I've just been listening because it's been fascinating. But it's not about that. It's about the fact that if we don't do this. Then, if there was widespread fraud, we'll never win an election again. But it's it's more than that. That's it's more than just... It's more than that. It's 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 you know people are like, oh it's gonna dis- if we throw out all the votes it'll disenfranchise. I'm gonna be honest with you. If I voted absentee, I would much rather my vote be tossed than for people to have absentees that were illegal. Because that's that. that. Dis- that disenfranchises that doesn't disenfranchise voters that disenfranchises voting it, 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 our entire country is based on the idea that we are governed by the by by, by that, that, that that the that the governed give the power to to to, to those in pa- those in power if you get rid of that then the president has no right to do anything and I think that's why you see such a high number of Republicans, because we're hearing from people like Morty, right? We hear, and these stories are all over the internet. I have I have friends that are Democrats. One of them texted me and said, "Listen, I, I don't want to, you know, listen. I I voted for Biden. I don't understand why he's not let. He's not demanding that the Republicans be let in. This this makes it look like you're stealing an election. If you truly believe that you won, right? Why wouldn't you want to win fair and square?" You know, Kleski, you used to take martial arts, right? Yeah. Would you rather win in a uh, an actual knockout or in a decision? In a knockout, of course. Right. Why? Because a decision is 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 not a real win. It's what they decided. It's it's now obviously it's not the same. You still do win because that's part of the rules. But but uh, 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 it's also it's also it makes Joe Biden look really really bad when he doesn't call for integrity and and by the way people don't know this hillary clinton also joined the recounts back in 2016. i don't know if people remember she first conceded but then she when she realized that maybe there's a chance that she could win 
she joined the recount effort and took money and joined it because the end of the day she still and then she lost the second time and i remember on social media everybody was going crazy like oh hillary lost the second time you know but here's the thing trump screwed up because he didn't tackle this when he was the president i don't know if he could have but one thing he didn't do one thing for sure he didn't do hold on uh, and that thing that he didn't do was that he didn't go after all of these criminals, these John Brennans of the world, Hillary You're right. Clintons. You're right. He didn't put them in prison. because I, I don't it, think, and listen, you know, people are saying, well, what? the Republicans knew this was going to happen because they've been saying this all along. Listen, Dusty, both of us, and, and Morty, you're also involved at, at a pretty high level. We all knew fraud was going to happen. We never, ever, in a gajillion, gabillion, however many years it is, ever thought that they would have the absolute and unmitigated chutzpah to pull the stunts that they're pulling. Because they figured if there's going to be fraud, that's why they had Morty here and Morty would find it. Well, well, they threw Morty out of the building. I mean, I'm reading here. Here, I observed a poll worker completing a ballot without a spoiled ballot present. I asked, what are you doing? The poll worker did not respond. Because, um, um, can you explain? Because a lot of people are hearing the spoiled ballots. Morty, in like one or two sentences, can you explain exactly what a spoiled ballot is? Yeah, a spoiled ballot is... uh, It's a spoiled ballot in Michigan. I think Pennsylvania uses that term too. In New York, I think we call it a voided ballot. Different states use this term differently, but it's going to be a ballot that is what? Now explain. A spoiled ballot is pretty much just a ballot that is... Absolutely, it's supposed to have a a mark, either a solid marking for a specific candidate, um, and the person filling it out uh, either filled it out wrong, or um, you know, so you know, mo- most states I believe have the you know little circle, and you fill it in completely. You don't make a check mark, you don't make an X. Um, so if they didn't fill it out right, but they you know it's clear who they are voting for then the election officials actually go and take a new ballot and they fill it out properly so that the tabulation machine can count it. Spoiled ballot could also be if something happened to the ballot, it got spilled, uh, something spilled on it, it got bent um, forever, for whatever reason that the- It that has the other markings on it. Exactly, or, or if someone, you know, started filling out and they were like, oh no, I didn't mean to vote for this person. And, you know, they, they scratched that out. You know, so if it's if it's obviously clear who that person's intending to vote for, and they do have representation from um, for, for fixing those ballots for uh, from Republican, Democrat, and then they actually have an independent observer as well. So yeah, probably a Democrat, um, but yeah, <laughs> probably. But you know, uh, so in, so they would actually take that ballot and stick it in a machine to tabulate it. Yeah, they they would take that ballot. Uh, I mean, they they put it in the in the tabulation box, and and they wouldn't they wouldn't talk to me about why they were putting it in there. They wouldn't say anything like that. Um, so in other words, you were just seeing a, a fresh less. you were seeing a fresh ballot basically just being filled in by somebody and being put in a box that's only supposed to be for spoiled ballots. That's only supposed to be for the counted ballots. Yeah, not the spoiled. The spoiled ballots get destroyed later on. No, no, no. Um, that's not what I'm saying. In other words, inside of a machine. A machine at the end of the day has a thousand pieces of paper in it. Mm-hmm. Out of that, five of them are spoiled. There are supposed to be five new ballots that are filled out during this process that are unspoiled that go into this pile to now be counted. Correct? So from my understanding, I don't even think that the spoiled ballots make it into the machine. I think that the absentee they just ballot get counted. counting they get counted. board. 
they don't them. get counted. They get counted manually, but manually, correct. They get counted yeah. manually. Yeah, not in so in New York, at least when I did my when I was in charge of uh, two recounts, they would actually just say, okay, that one goes into the Trump. That they would say that one goes into the A pile, the B pile, and then we just count the two piles. It seems that in this state, they actually get refilled out, which I think is idiotic. They should stop that because this causes fraud. They should just take the piece of paper that is spoiled and say, okay, it's now a vote for Trump and stick it in the Trump pile. Now, the problem with that probably is, is that there's spoiling going on for all the races down ballot. So they refill out the whole ballot and they recount it. Okay. Now the pile of these unspoiled from the spoiled ballots go into a pile, which these, which these poll workers were just filling out new ballots and just throwing things in there. So instead of having five new ballots, they had 20, correct? Correct, yeah. Okay. And, and, so that and, is what you saw, that, is your, that, that is your, in your affidavit, that is what you saw. That is what I saw, and something that was even more common than that was actually a, a little bit more sinister, in my opinion. Uh, they would take ballots uh, from, from different precincts and they would fill out the wrong one. So you know, if it was precinct six, they'd fill out precinct nine. Or eight. And what would that do? That would help with what? Well, that would create a whole other ballot, uh, you know, because then they'd have to then technically spoil that ballot as well. Um, but they they wouldn't do it there. Uh, they would have to send it to the precinct that they sent it to. So in, in essence, they were just pretty much creating one ballot becomes two or three ballots. Um, the, the rightfully duplicated one. And then whichever ones they, they quote unquote, wow. accidentally. And, and it was horrific. I mean, I, I saw that, I mean, within my first few minutes of getting there, um, I had seen a table do that uh, with three ballots. And, I, and granted, sometimes it was a mistake. Uh, you know, sometimes you just picked up the wrong ballot. And granted, I, I, I do not discount human error. I mean, I, that, that's- but, but you know, human error is once, twice. It's not dozens of times. Exactly. So- that's and that's they would do and, and, and you were told this by some of your um um you know because you're obviously you're, you're a director so the people that were underneath you were seeing the same things and, and telling you about them correct yes i I'm, i was getting calls all throughout um the, the the days after election day and you know with with our volunteers that were there and with our workers that were there uh i mean i i, I think that in um i i don't remember the exact number that um now, in your affidavit, you said you saw this approximately 20 to 30 times. That's not a mistake. That's not human error. That's cheating. Yeah. I mean, 20 to 30 times actually visualizing it. Um, you know, th this is and, not. And I'll think about this. And they were doing this crap while you were there. Right. I want everyone to they understand. Were not, they were not. They were not. They were not afraid. That's what needs to be. People need to but, realize. But, but Chesky, it's even more than that. They were not afraid when they were there. Can you imagine the stunts they were pulling when he was locked outside the building? Oh, it, it, it was it was incredible because when when they when they barricaded the doors, we still had some people in there um, that had removed their credentials so that they couldn't be identified. And I was texting Smart. with them, and uh, and they, I asked them, you know, okay, there's no Republicans in there technically. Are they still counting? Because it's not it's unlawful to count without representation. Right. If you understand this, from, it, it is it is it is unlawful not only from the state, but under the constitution, because the constitution grants the federal, the, almost the federal power down to the state legislature to control this. It's almost like a backwards power. 
the, 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 the state, yeah. the federal constitution gives the power to the legislature. So not only are they committing state fraud, it's also federal fraud. Yeah. And they, and they continued counting, um, you know, this, this. How many friend, ballots, how many ballots do you say are counted within an hour? Counted within an hour? Just in your one precinct. Um, I mean, there, there, there were thousands, uh, about, tens of thousands. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there are hundreds of, there, there are, I think either 130 or 140 tables that were set up and, I mean, they, they work through ballots really quickly. It's not, uh, it's not, it's not that hard to work through a ballot. You know, all you have to do is, you know. So we're talking about presumptually you guys were barred from seeing half the ballots being open. So out of the States, I don't know how many millions of absentees, you technically were not able to see over half of them probably. Because again, as, as the, as it progresses, they get faster and faster at it. Because in the beginning, people have questions. They don't know what they're looking at. Because remember, a lot of these people are volunteers. As you get more comfortable in challenging, in understanding what you're looking at, you go faster. So in the beginning, a new, a new volunteer, for people that have never done this before, in, in, in let's say a 10-minute period, you, know, you may look at that envelope for half a minute, 35 seconds, 45 seconds. Within an hour of doing this, two hours of doing this, a day of doing this, you may look at that envelope in a matter of three seconds because you just know now exactly what to look for. You know, how, you know the weight of the envelope, what it's supposed to weigh like to make sure there aren't two ballots in there or two envelopes in there. There were just certain things that you get more. Am I, am I right about that, Morty, that your volunteers get much better at seeing the fraud or, or, or not seeing the fraud? Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, as as time goes on, you know, you see the things that are that are a little bit suspicious. Right. Um, so, in other words, so what I'm saying time, is, they also the second they half, also... the second half of not being allowed in is the more dangerous half because things are going at a much past, faster pace. Yeah, and and also they know, you know, if if I'm walking around with my clipboard and I see something that's suspicious and I start jotting it down, they're seeing that. Uh, you know, but like I said, uh, they're watching us. So they're, they're, they're observing that. So you're so saying the Democrats not gonna... only had, you're saying the Democrats not only had poll watchers there, they had watchers of poll watchers there. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think that they needed to, to really spend much energy watching the poll workers because a, a majority of them are Democrat. Um, and, you know, they, they don't have to. Uh, they, 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 what what are they nervous about? Um, but they're nervous um, about you. But they they are. I mean, I, like I said, I mean, I kept getting asked throughout the night. I mean, I, we witnessed people from our team literally just get followed around. Um, you know, I mean, if you want to talk about violating social distancing, this was like so not social distancing. Um, following our people around, you know, and just just literally tailing them. Uh, for for intimidation, I think. I mean, it was it was to make us feel uncomfortable, to make us feel like we weren't wanted. I mean, one of our volunteers told me that the three supervisors from the tables in the area that she was watching in, uh, she said that she overheard them saying that they're going to kind of gang up on her. So, and these are supervisors; these aren't poll workers; these aren't these Remember, aren't. Remember, um, the fraud does not have to happen at a lower level. It only needs to happen. Look at what happened with this USPS um, uh, um, person who wasn't even supposed to be it's from, 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 I mean, I'm in the middle of listening. It's a two hour, you know, he, he, he um, um, recorded his conversation with the IG 
but it makes it sound like the two people discussing the backdating of the ballots in, in, in Erie, Pennsylvania, didn't know he was in his office. And when he poked his head out, they walked away. They, you, don't, you only need people high up who do this stuff. And you only need one or two people to be in on the joke. And if they truly believe that they're stopping Hitler, why wouldn't they do it? You know, I, I was discussing this with you, Morty, because you know, we've, been, we've been hanging out here in, in, in Michigan. I said, well, if you truly believed that you had to do whatever you can to stop Hitler from being president, I don't, I don't be honest with you, I don't blame these people. for They've been told for four years that Trump was Hitler. So you have to stop Hitler. I mean, if they truly believe this stuff that they've been, that they've been told by Democrats, by elected Democrats, I almost don't blame them for this. You know what I'm saying? But 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 then but then they the, should the do rank it and file. And the and rank and file. I don't blame. I do blame the people higher up. But your rank and file person who's just coming to help out, if they get told by the person who's supposed to be the supervisor, hey, if you see these envelopes, send them over to me because I'm going to take care of them. Why would you? Why would you question them? You're just doing your job. Yeah, I mean, I mean that 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 can be said about the. Uh... The actual Nazis, um, you know, right. well, I, right. there, there's that's that the whole funny thing here. There, that that's you know, I mean, just following orders isn't an excuse. I I, I do not count it as an excuse. So, um, for, for wait, for do you think that these people are actually following orders, or they're doing it on their own? Uh, it, it's honestly hard to say. I I, I think that there's that there there it's too widespread. Can be, can, can be both. I I I don't it's think too widespread. You know, I think that there are people who. You know the, the 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 social justice warrior type who seeks everything out that that needs to be changed and and does this kind of stuff and and they'll position themselves. But then you also have people who they get gimmicked in to to do this kind of stuff. Uh, you know there there was video released of the of the training that was pretty uh, pretty much telling them to follow us and intimidate us. Uh, you know and 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 I'll say this: I right before I joined. Um, I got a text from a friend of mine who um, wants to remain completely anonymous, but she got a message on LinkedIn from someone who got contacted by the Biden administration that's going to be taking over her job. And she, you know, she, she sent me the message of it. And, you know, clearly, obviously, this is so not protocol. This is all part of the intimidation and it's happening at all levels from, from election day to the administration. So this is, you know, the, the intimidation tactics are not something that's, you know, at a, at a singular level. They're, they're, right. they're grassroots and strategic. So it's, it's so you're saying really people, at the, people in working right now in the administration are getting emails from the office of the make-believe president-elect. Yes. And I, I mean, to me, that's horrific because, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, these are, these are people who are who have been working for, for their jobs. And now they're just kind of being told, I, you know, I, and I can guarantee you that these people are just being, you know, told, Hey, send this person a message. Just, just, uh, just try to, try to get things, try try. And I, I texted her, this is all part of normalizing us believing that Donald Trump will not be the, the next president of the United now States. Now you actually have, this is, this is interesting in your, in your, I just want to say in the affidavit, you actually have an actual case. You say here, duplicate of ballot 00239 at table AVCB, AVCB 8, okay, numbered 01570, was duplicated to the wrong ballot. 
The poll worker brought a precinct six ballot instead of the correct precinct. The new duplicate ballot was 01571. Because of this suspected mismatch, I asked to see these ballots side by side, which I'm assuming is your right, and was denied access to view these ballots. That is your sworn affidavit. Um, you can go to prison if you're found to be lying, correct? Correct. And, um, and, that, and that if this was found to be not true, you can go to prison, correct? Correct. Okay. So this idea where Democrats are saying, well, there's no fraud. If they're lying about there not being fraud, what happens to them? I, I, I don't – if they're lying about no fraud – yeah. If they say to like, let's say MSNBC, I was at the poll place, there was no fraud. What happens to them from saying that statement? Well, I, nothing, I, nothing. I'll, I'll, I'll add this. And I don't, I don't know if this was already discussed here today, but I, I was really shocked because a couple of days after the election, I was just kind of wondering to myself, what is the actual law if you commit, um, if you commit voter fraud? And I looked up the federal law and I, I, I have no real legal expertise. I, 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 you know, I'm not talking from a position of, oh, I know everything about election law, but I'm talking from reading the federal law. The, 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 the punishment for committing fraud is a fine. That is it. There's no yes. other guidance. And I think that that may be the first step that we need to change in all of this. Uh, is, is that in my that, opinion, it should be life in prison. It should be life in prison and forfeiture of that election, at least in that state that you committed fraud. I, and, and I mean, I mean, we're stricter with sports cheating than we are with election cheating. We're, we're, we're stricter with academic cheating. If I hand in the same paper for two different courses, I will be removed from the, from the university as a as a plagiarist of myself we're stricter with academics and sports than we are with with the election of our of, of our elected officials that is horrifying but but think about that if 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 a democrat poll worker goes on to now fox news right left left-leaning fox news um and and goes there and says i was a poll worker i saw no fraud Nothing happens to them if there was fraud. Now, you have a sworn affidavit here. If you are lying, you go to federal prison. Now, you tell me who's really telling the truth. Me? <laughs> if, if that's not a biased answer? <laughs> of course, because the, the, the punishment proves the statement. Now, it could mean that you're lying, but are you going to – I would much, much more believe – Kresky, tell me if I'm wrong – Hundreds. I mean, they have now. I think thousands across the country. Thousands. I think eleven thousand is the number. Affidavits. That's only in one state. I think it's eleven thousand in Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. I, I I have not been. Uh... But across the state, it's tens upon tens of thousands of affidavits, from what I understand. Of these are sworn affidavits. They they these these people have have. They can get arrested. They can go to prison. They can, up against. Joe Biden, who, as you know, is a known plagiarist, by the way. Um, but it's just it's just silly to think that Republicans shouldn't believe that this is being stolen. I mean, this is the behavior of banana republics. 
Did Republicans ever say that Joe Biden twice? I'm sorry that 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 Barack Obama was a was not our president. I don't remember any of This is a Democrat thing, not our president. Uh, um, um, move on. People, you know, talk about moveon.org. Do you know what the, the name comes from? It comes from it comes from them not accepting George Bush as their president. They didn't believe George Bush was their president. They didn't believe um, uh, uh, Trump was their president. We never believed that 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 Obama and Biden weren't president and president vice president. You never heard Republicans saying that Bill Clinton wasn't our president. You never heard Republicans saying that Jimmy Carter wasn't our president. That is an inherently Democrat thing. We are not saying that Joe Biden is not our president. We are saying that Joe Biden cheated. <laughs> this is different than saying he's not our president. We're saying he didn't win. He, he cheated. He should go to jail. I mean, Democrats should go to prison over this. They're not because we've shown that Hillary can do whatever the hell she wants and, and the Obama-Biden administration can do whatever the hell they want. No one goes to jail. So all that does is empower cheaters, which is why they had the, the gumption, the chutzpah, to throw you, Morty, someone who was there as you were the second in command or third in command for this county. And they had no problems tossing your rear end out of out from the recount. It should, and it's, it's, you know, when, when I hear people and when I hear people say, well, at least we have the Senate or, you know, okay, well, in four years, we'll have this. It, to, uh, my message to all those people. Republicans won't vote anymore. They'll stop voting. It's, it's not, it's not going to happen. We, we don't have, if we get, if we allow this to be the president, no matter who's in, no matter who's in office, if it's Joe Biden, if it's Kamala Harris, if it's Donald Trump, it doesn't matter who of those people is in the office. If we allow this to be okay, we've set the precedent at this. So Democrats and, should think, Democrats should think twice. I mean, uh, Chesky, which, which, which states do they really go after? Was it Texas? Where else have they been going after lately? You know the way they've been dumping money. Texas, where else? Florida. I think we lost Chesky. Okay. Um, Texas, Florida. Um, um, you have all these states. Can you imagine if Republicans in Texas just started not allowing the Democrats to be there for recounts? I, I don't that. think I, I, I don't think that would happen because I think that, you know, the 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 and I'm not saying that that Republicans are, are perfect in this, but I, I, I don't think that Republicans play these games. And I, I don't think that, you know, I mean, we, we've heard, uh, you know, I, from from the from the other uh, sources that I've listened to, like podcasts and things like that, uh, you know, th there's this concept that the left can't lose, uh, you know, which has been going on for you. I mean. The fact that Hillary Clinton still, still to this day, um, talks about how she is the rightful winner of the 2016 election. Uh, you know, I, 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 I joked with people. I said the only way that I'll be comfortable with Donald, with, uh, with President Trump losing re-election is if he actually wins the popular vote but loses the electoral vote. Because then we never have to hear that again from Hillary Clinton. You know, this is, this is an idea that has been going on for, for like you said, uh, since the Bush years, probably before that. I mean, I, I, I can't speak much politics before that. Well, had they but, not cheated in the Kennedy election, Kennedy would have lost the popular vote too. Yeah. That's and, well documented. 
Um, I mean, you know, Kaski, which states, which states were they, were they over, have they been dropping money in? Was it Texas, Florida, Democrats? You have Texas, you have Florida. Kaski, what, what, what other, what other states have they been, have they been dumping money into? Was it New Mexico? Well, I don't know. Kaski are coming and going. I, I mean, I think some technical difficulties today with Kaski. Um, but, uh. I guess when he gets back on, we'll 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 we'll, we'll touch base with that. But it's I, I think this is absolutely terrible. I think it's a it, it's if if Republicans don't get this right, you know, Ann Colt used to say if they don't build a wall, it'll be the end of the Republican Party. You know what? That 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 may be true if you look at the numbers. I don't know. This is the absolute truth because you're going to have two things going to happen. Number one, Republicans are going to be locked out of these states. Number two, Republicans will actually stop voting. If they don't believe that their votes can account, why should they vote? And what that leads to, especially, you know, and I, I, I tweeted out to, um, uh, um, um, I forgot which Democrat, you know, it was like um, something about, uh, uh, um, I don't remember. I'm like, you know, it's funny that you guys are finally starting to realize that you're on the side without the weapons. Like if this goes to a civil war, let's just, let's just, let's just, let's, 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 you know, they call it war game. Let's say this leads to a civil war. I don't think it's going to, but let's say it does. How many minutes does a civil war last? 10? Maybe 20? Maybe. I mean, I don't see it lasting very long. We know overwhelmingly the military's on the Republican side. Looking from the way the unions broke, a supermajority of police officers are on the Republican side. Whether they're for Trump or not may be a different story, but they're on the Republican side. They're definitely not on the progressive side, okay? Do you really think that they're going to pick up arms against the entire Midwest and the South? Like, seriously? They're not. They're just not. It's not going to happen. So I, I just don't, and I understand the Democrats in the Midwest and the South also have weapons. I get it. But number one, it's nowhere near the numbers. It's nowhere near the numbers. It's just not near the numbers. It, it does. It, they're mostly where, where Democrats make up numbers in the South and in the Midwest is in the cities, and the cities are all gun-free zones. You also have to remember that this is not fully a partisan issue because, like you said, the, the, there are Democrats calling this out. This is this really isn't a partisan issue. This is really an American issue, and. You know, to, to say that it's going to be 100% Republicans against 100% Democrats, that's really not what it's going to be. It's going to be this progressive left versus America. America, right, and, versus America. And, it's going to be the liberals you know, and the conservatives against the progressives. Yeah, it really is. And it's, it's I mean, yeah, th those are the people. I mean, like you said, it's not going to be a very long civil war. Um, I, 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 I truly hope, I truly hope that in the next... Uh, several weeks if it takes that long that we do get all this sorted out um you know because because as as prepared as i am to uh to have to go to war for my country i uh definitely don't want to um yeah well so. I, i'm gonna be i'm gonna be 40 soon so i think i'm out of that uh <laughs> i'm out of that logical I, I probably still would join i mean I, that's the truth but but I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, this ha the courts are going to have to, whether they like it or not, they're going to have to once and for all do their job. 
they're going to have to either allow these court cases to, to, to go, or they're going to bifurcate this country in a way that is, in my opinion, unhealable. If they get this wrong, if the courts get this wrong, there is no step two. You will have literally half the country truly believing, not like these stupid purple-haired lesbian uh, uh, sociology uh, women's studies whack jobs at NYU, believing he's not my president. The truth is maybe one or 2% of Democrats ever believe that Trump wasn't their president, okay? You will have upwards of 90 something percent of 50% of this country truly believing, truly believing that, that, that Joe Biden is not their president. That is terrible for this country, absolutely terrible. You know, and, and with that, and with that, we're going to sign off. Um, I, I, Chesky seems to, to have, you know, maybe he's having internet issues um, in New York. Um, but, um, you know, with that, we're going to leave you. Um, I may be heading to Pennsylvania next week to see what's going on over there. We, um, the mock show will, will, will go live from either Pennsylvania or upstate New York next week, um, where there's some recounting going over there. So with that, thank you so much, Morty, for coming on and giving us an update of what's going on here in Michigan. And with that, I will bid you a farewell. Thank you so much, Morty. You've been listening to The Moss Show. Broadcasted from the Socialist Republic of New York. But please, don't tell our governor he asked us to leave. They have no place in the state of New York. Go to J Tribe Radio to listen to the podcast anytime on Play, iTunes, and Stitcher.